Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday, the 17th of September. Thank God it's Friday. And as usual with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in the briefing. And if you need to, you can pause the PowerPoint slide here and read our disclaimer in full. If you're listening on a podcast, head on over to the Marcus Today com.au website and you can read the disclaimer there and if you're not a member of Marcus today you can sign up for a free trial over there as well all right well last night we saw the Dow and the US markets somewhat mixed still pretty choppy trading going on in the US very directionless at the moment I guess some of the focus will be on the FOMC meeting next week, and we'll get more clarification there on taper, I would suspect, from Jerome Powell and his boys uh, on the back of those dot plots, which uh, have been looked at quite studiously in recent years. So that will be the focal point for next week. But at the moment, the market's still chopping around, can't really make up its mind what it wants to do. For the evening, the Dow Jones... (coughs) finished down 63 points or 0.18% to 34,751. NASDAQ eking out a small gain, 0.13%, 20 points to 15,184. And the S&P 500 down 7 points or 0.16%, slightly in the middle for Diddle, 44.74 for the S&P 500. We did see a bit of a rise in the VIX last night up $2.81 to 1869, 2.81%, I should say. Spy Futures showing a loss of 18 points to finish the week, limping into the weekend, 7,424 on Spy Futures. In commodities, well, let's get to the nasty bit. We saw gold fall $38.10, or 2.1%, to 1756, spot 70. The reason for the gold fall was the strengthening dollar, US dollar, that is, not the Aussie dollar. So we saw our Aussie dollar under pressure back down below 73 cents, 72.92 for the Aussie. So that gold price, some of that will be a little bit uh, cushioned by that falling Aussie dollar price in Aussie dollar terms at least. But a higher US dollar hurts commodities generally. And we saw that last night in the gold price. We also saw it in the iron ore price, which is tumbling towards 100 bucks. And you get the feeling that it's going to go through 100 bucks, maybe overshoot to the downside as well. Down another 6.1% last night, $6.90 at $106.50. It seems extraordinary to think that it wasn't that long ago, a mere six to eight weeks ago, I guess, that we were looking at iron ore at $230 US a tonne. And here it is at $106.50. Certainly, we'll be putting a bit of a hole in the government's budget estimates, although they do keep the iron ore price very low in the Treasury forecasts. But it would be uh, quite something if it actually met those forecasts. As far as other commodities go last night, the tumble was evident there as well. We saw copper down 2.6%, nickel down 3.2%, aluminium down 0.6%, zinc down 0.1%, lead actually rose 1.2%. 
but the tin price fell 0.3 of a percent last night. And we've also seen the coal price come off last night as well. That was down around 6.3%. As a result, let's just run through a few of the big mining stocks overseas last night. Of course, BHP, one of the biggest in the world, down 3.7% in the US. We had Rio down 4.6% in the US as well. In fact, BHP really peak BHP share price was the results and uh, it has just done nothing but go down ever since. But here's some of the other resource stocks overseas. Freeport McMoran fell 6.6%. Alcoa down 4.4%. Tech managed to escape a little bit and only 2%. Anglo down 4.5%. Glencore down 2.2%. Vale down 5.1%. So you can see it was across the board even Arbamal, which is a lithium producer, fell 1% last night. Here you can see the S&P 500, and uh, after a little bit of a swoon early, it kind of fought its way back, but it was very much a drifty around choppy kind of day. We do have quadruple witching tomorrow in the US, so quadruple witching happens every quarter, and this is where index options and futures expire together with equity options and futures so it does tend to add to the volume it does add to the volatility as well we did see yesterday of course our spy futures expire as well so that means the open in the market is a little more staggered and you do see some strange moves in the stocks beforehand the spy futures is a cash settled futures contract and many people use the opening as that is the setting of the price of that cash settlement to readjust their portfolio hedges against any SPY futures contract they have still open for that month. Okay, major stories last night. Uh, The US passes a grim milestone. One in every 500 has now died of COVID as the debate about the need for booster shots heats up. That is quite a grim milestone. One person in every 500 has died from COVID. Moderna analysis suggests vaccine efficacy wanes over time. And an Israeli study has found the third Pfizer dose led to dramatically lower rates of serious illness. Biden has met with the company executives to discuss vaccine mandates. And China has more than a billion people fully vaccinated now. GDP growth in New Zealand smashes expectations, raising the prospect of a October rate hike. And Japan export grows slow. Uh, the growth slows amid Asia virus resurgence. And <coughs> the submarine pact that we have now with the US and the UK is certainly raising the hackles, not only of China, which is understandable given the, uh, the deal, but also, of course, with the French who are now missing out on building our submarines and also European Union, which is now starting to see the way the earth is shifting towards the Indo-Pacific and uh, how their reliance on the US cannot be taken for granted. What's on today? We've got business manufacturing PMI from New Zealand. Not exactly exciting, but there you go. That's the only economic number we have today. S&P Global Platts said steel production curbs coupled with weak August macroeconomic data is continuing to suppress demand from Chinese iron ore buyers. Also, as they head into winter, there are more and more regions being put into some sort of stasis to some extent and production being curbed to keep emissions down. 
Uh, in tech stocks in the US, Tesla was up 0.2%, Apple down 0.2%, Facebook down 0.2%, and it's hip to be square. Had a good evening, had 2.5% to the good. In the US, 10-year bonds now yielding 1.34%, so we did see a rise in bond rates and that rise in the US dollar hitting the Aussie dollar. And we saw Australian bond rates yesterday 1.26%, Germany still minus 03 And China's Evergrande, which certainly is one of the focal points of potential problems, slumped 6.4% again yesterday. And the COPPO report from Richard Coppelson over at Bell Potter has told his subscribers to prepare for a tsunami of dividend checks. 84.4, and they're actually no longer checks, are they? $84.4 billion in direct debits to be reinvested back into the share market over the next four to six months as those dividend checks hit your front doorstep. Telstra held their investor day yesterday. The market seemed to like what it saw. Andy Penn could be around for 10 years, it says, and they've now come up with the T25 plan as opposed to the T22 plan. This is not a form of cricket. This is obviously the Telstra, what it looks like in 2025, and they're looking for another 500 million of cost cuts to come. And U.S. mining companies may see some changes here that they haven't seen since 1872 when the mining kind of laws were put in place in the U.S. And Biden's got plans to level royalties and other payments for mining companies extracting resources from federal government land. So the last change to that was in 1872. Newspapers today, not much around. West Farmers could be back on the acquisition trail to bulk up its API acquisition post the takeover. There has been talk that they've been casting their slide rule over the likes of Chemist Warehouse. And metals distributor Vulcan. This is not Vulcan Energy, V-U-L. This is a different company altogether, unlisted, launching a cornerstone investment process ahead of an IPO later this year, looking for around a $1 billion valuation there. Question of the day today. This harks back to an article I wrote some time ago uh, where I suggested that maybe uh, China at the stroke of a pen could start to punish Australia. We've already seen it with wine, barley, etc., where they have uh, stopped importing. They even stopped coal, but that was a bit of a shot in the foot for them. But certainly the iron ore price does look as if it is being somewhat manipulated at the moment to maybe even punish Australia for some of the sabre rattling and maybe even the the new submarine deal. So do you think the iron ore price is being manipulated downwards as punishment from China or is this just a normal part of the market? It has fallen from $230 to $106 and looking to go lower, I have to say. That's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. Head on over to the Facebook discussion group. Love to have your thoughts, ideas, or insights over there. It's a great group. Members helping members is our motto. And if you're listening to this on a podcast or watching this on a video and you're not a member yet of the Marcus Today community, we'd love to have you try out our product. You can do that on marcustoday.com.au and We'd love to have you sign up for a free two-week trial and we can show you what we've got. That's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening and have a great day.